this is big ass team. So um, you know, your, your your front line can be six ten, seven foot, seven foot, and that's athleticism all across the board. So defensively, I think they could be one of the, the better defensive teams in this league with what they have. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 4th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Magic practice continues. As Steve Clifford says, the Magic had their best practice of training camp so far. And Tracy McGrady was in the building to impart some words of wisdom and, yes, get some work in with some of the Magic's wing players. We'll talk a little bit about what T-Mac's impact could be uh, with this, this one visit, of course. Probably minuscule, but we'll talk about what T-Mac said to the team and what lessons he hoped to impart to the Orlando Magic as they get set for the 2020 season. We'll also then talk a little bit about Jonathan Isaac and what to expect from him as the season begins. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast covering the uh, Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find anywhere. Check out all the great podcasts, no matter which team it is. We got the San Antonio Spurs coming up on Saturday. This will be the last episode before then. So check out Locked On Spurs to get your Low down on the San Antonio Spurs. Doesn't matter what team you are looking for. There's a lockdown podcast for you. Whether it's NBA, NFL, NHL, yes, NHL now, and colleges too. You can find your favorite lockdown podcast wherever you download podcasts. The Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. When last we spoke, Steve Clifford was not thrilled with the Orlando Magic. The first practice was perhaps a bit of a wake-up call, perhaps a bit of, hey guys, get in order here. There's no time to waste. Steve Clifford came out and said that he was not pleased with the team's first practice, but kind of got the sense it was a lot of first-day, get-the-rust-out type stuff, not necessarily anything to be too concerned about, and the players certainly expressed that they were not concerned about it. He said that Wednesday's practice was better, And Thursday's practice was their best practice so far. Now, best of three, you know, not a lot to get get going there. But it is good to hear that practice has gotten progressively better as training camp has gone on. I do think that that is a positive sign no matter what degree it gets to. The bottom line is practice is for getting better, and especially this early on. It's about getting in the right frame of mind, getting the right approach to improve in these sessions kind of establishing those habits now. And that's, I think, what Steve Clifford was really, really, really getting at. Everyone seemed to believe that practice was running more efficiently, more smoothly. Steve Clifford said the team was better organized. All the things you want to hear him say. Of course, Saturday is the real test when you go up against the San Antonio Spurs or another team. Because, again, the result's not going to matter so much. I'm not expecting uh, the players to play very much or the main players to play very much. I mean, I think they'll get solid run, but don't put too much stock into the result of this game. It's not even on TV. Uh, but it will be good to see where the team is at and, and especially to see Markel Fultz back on the court if he indeed plays on Saturday, which by all accounts, he is on track to do so. Wednesday's practice or Thursday's practice 
did bring a special treat to the Orlando Magic. Steve Clifford invited former former Orlando Magic forward and uh, NBA Hall of Famer Tracy McGrady to speak to the team and, and get a little bit of work in. The message that McGrady brought was, was very, very clear. McGrady is obviously known for his individual brilliance, and, and he should be because he is really, really good. And, you know, watching him even get some practice shots up at, at his age, he still looks like he can go. <laughs> McGrady, McGrady is still as smooth as ever. But the message McGrady brought with him was one of team. It was one of trusting your teammates and trusting the man next to you so that you can withstand anything that happens over the course of the season. McGrady came to tell the story of the 2007 Houston Rockets, or 2008 Houston Rockets, who went on a 22-game win streak, who after 12 games lost their all-star center, Yao Ming, for the rest of the season. And the message that Tracy McGrady brought with him was the lesson from that team. That, yeah, they had Tracy McGrady, who averaged 22 points per game during that win streak. But that win streak was about the man next to him, was about playing with the man next to you. And that's a lesson the Magic certainly need to know and need to take to heart. The message basically, you know, I, I never really played on the most talented team. Um, but back in 2007, you know, when we made history of winning 22 consecutive games, Everybody played their role, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody played their role. We played hard every night. We played smart. And then when adversity hit, you know, guys had to step up. We had to take it to another level. And when I mean adversity, we lost Yao for the season mm-hmm. after winning 12 straight games. Mm-hmm. We went on without Yao to win 10 more consecutive games, and that put us at 22. We were second in history to ever do that, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. if you look at the names that were on that team, People are like, how the hell did y'all do that? <laughs> right? Because we had three rookies coming off the bench that played a significant role. But it's like, no, man, we, we, the guys knew their roles. We played hard. We played smart. Most of all, we cared for one another when we mm-hmm. stepped on the court. Mm-hmm. And we formed the chemistry that nobody could, could really break. That's certainly a, ma- a message this Magic team can use and, and certainly can, can, can take to heart. They, they are a team that... You know, they have an all-star, but it's without a superstar. They're a team that will need each other, will have to work together, will have to play the way that they know they have to, the way that they did when they finished 22-9 and last season and made the playoffs. They have to do all these things if they want to win and win consistently. It's the same message that they knew last year, but getting the reminder at this point in camp and what's possible, you know, even with a player of McGrady's caliber, Knowing what's possible if they do band together is important. McGrady is a great guest speaker to have uh, for the team, especially at this early stage of camp. Just a reminder of just how good a team can be when they play for each other. Because you look at the names on that team McGrady spoke of. The the best players were like Shane Battier, Rafer Alston, uh, Chuck Hayes. They had Bonzi Wells, who was well past his prime at that point. The names on that 2008 Rockets team are not impressive. And yet that team won 22 straight games. That team coasted to the playoffs. That team played at a very, very high level. And McGrady's not... And, and McGrady was a big part of that, don't get, don't get it wrong. 
But he is absolutely right that it to do something that special, to withstand the adversity of losing Yao Ming midway through that streak, it takes a team, a full team together to get it done. But it's also going to take steel work. It's also going to take players to get to that level. It doesn't just happen just because you wish it to happen. And McGrady spent part of his time with the Magic on Thursday working out with several of the Magic's wing players, with Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Wessa One New specifically. Mo Bamba was over on that side of the court watching them work out. Specifically, McGrady was working with them on kind of pivot moves, uh, just getting into the weeds here, just kind of pivot moves to, to free up shots and get into drives, some mid-post moves, some low-post moves, really kind of stuff to help give, get them separation. And McGrady worked specifically for you know about a little bit less than a half hour with Jonathan Isaac after practice had ended. Just kind of going through several like iterations of a spin pivot or jab step into a dribble pull-up. And McGrady was, was still hitting it, and Isaac was, was definitely learning and taking it all in. Yeah, it was great. It was great, especially getting to go one-on-one with him was, was amazing. Um, that was his birthday present to me, so I'm grateful. Um, definitely just, just, just to see T-Mac move and you know how, how, how capable he is, just going both ways and using little things that he does, and he was able to pass them on to me, and I'm, I'm very grateful. One training session isn't going to change the world for Jonathan Isaac. I, Jonathan is not all of a sudden going to become a knockdown three-point shooter like Tracy McGrady was or, or a, a low-post savant or mid-post savant like McGrady was. But undoubtedly, you take some of the lessons, you, you look at the footwork that he did, you, you do some of the drills, and over time, yeah, you will get better. Um, Isaac's obviously in for a big year, and we'll, we'll talk about Isaac coming up here in just a moment, but it's all good information for him to get. And for McGrady, it's all about paying things forward. McGrady told a story, and it's a story that, that he's told a few times before, that he went to uh, the Magic's game, game three or four against the Miami Heat in the 1997 playoffs. And after that game was over, he went to Penny Hardaway's house, his favorite player at the time, and sat down with him and talked shop and talked with him about the game. And this was the summer before McGrady would get drafted, or the playoffs before McGrady would get drafted. And that stuck out to him. And so McGrady likes to pay things forward. He likes to pay it forward. And anytime the Magic call and ask him to come speak to the team and, and be a help, he is going to be there. He's going to drop what he does and, and, and will be there because the Magic are the team he grew up on and a team he certainly holds a lot of fond memories with. Some of, uh, as, as we argued uh, back when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, arguably he went into the Hall of Fame as a Magic player. And, and I, I, think, I think he would qualify essentially as the first Magic player do make the Hall of Fame. It's him, him and Shaq. Shaq made it before, but I think most people consider Shaq a Laker before a Magic player. McGrady likes to loves to pass on this information. He loves to pass on his knowledge and and help young players like Jonathan Isaac. And when you look at Jonathan Isaac, he's a player that's gonna be very similar to Tracy McGrady. He's a player that is big like McGrady was. A player who, you know, again, big for his size and, and able to shoot over defenders pretty easily. If Isaac can get the fluidity that McGrady had, he becomes a much more dangerous offensive weapon. And so getting that lesson from McGrady, just like McGrady got a lesson from Hardaway, who was a similarly big scoring guard, will undoubtedly help him. 
But something, because something is different about Jonathan Isaac this this season. I have to say, and it's not just that he turned 22 on Thursday. Something indeed seems different about Isaac as he enters this season. And that's what we're going to talk about next. But before we do that, uh, we got to chat very, very briefly about our pals at Manscaped. They're the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. Check them out today and use the promo code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping off your first order. Jonathan Isaac last at last year's media day was a little coy when someone suggested he might be seven feet he kind of balked at it didn't want that label and you know it's there's a long history of big forwards who purposefully avoided being listed at seven feet the NBA is going to do away with that option for a lot of these players actual heights will be listed from here on forth but Isaac took that question in stride this year when someone suggested, hey, you've grown. You might actually be seven feet now. You look taller than Mo Bamba. Isaac took it in stride and said, go ahead. Do it. My only point last year was when you say you're seven feet at a gas station or out in public, people kind of look at you like, you know, you're uh, you're weird or you're a freak or something. Um you know, they, they, there's, there's some magic to that number, to being seven feet tall. And so when you say you're 6'10", it's a little bit easier to grasp. That, 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 that was the point that he claims he was trying to make. But the ease in which Isaac gave that answer back at Media Day on Monday, the ease with which Isaac sort of approached the interview, approached convert, con- conversing with the media, converse, uh, approached talking about his own game, said something very different. It said that this was a guy who knows what's going on now. Been through now th- three media days, his third media day this year. He's got a comfort with his teammates, a comfort with the organization, and most importantly, it seems, a comfort with his own game. Last year, Evan Fournier called Jonathan Isaac the team's X-Factor. And seemingly, everyone, and still everyone, is talking about Jonathan Isaac and and, and saying, the sky is the limit for this kid. He's going to be really good. Everyone is convinced Isaac is due to make a leap in the next year or two. And in fact, if you're looking to kind of confirm that X-factor status, Isaac's turnaround offensively, he jumped up to 12 points per game in the final 30 games of the season. That coincided and was a vital part of the Magic ultimately making the playoffs. Not the only part, but I would say a vital part nonetheless. Isaac becoming a better and more reliable three-point shooter. Isaac becoming a more consistent scorer and part of the offense made the Magic a better team. 
not only made the Magic a better team, but made them a playoff team. Already, everyone knows his defensive prowess. Already, everyone knows what he can do on that end. Adding in the offensive element, adding in offense and scoring to his game helped transform him a bit. Now, Isaac was still not heavily involved in the offense. A lot of his offense came on putbacks and transition and spot-up threes. He had a nice little one-dribble pull-up that he could use to attack closing defenses. But for the most part, the Magic didn't run any plays for Isaac. I think he had a 16% usage rate last year for the, for the season. Certainly not someone that they're running a ton of offense for. And on top of all that, the Magic opted to close with Terrence Ross in his spot to mixed effect, I would say. Well, Terrence Ross was good, but in the playoffs, to certainly to mixed effect, if not poor effect. Isaac has done a lot of work to get to this point. He said he's put on at least 25 pounds. He was eating six meals a day to help keep the weight on as he worked to build muscle. And of course, a Team USA training camp during the, during the uh, scrimmage that they had, you could see all that work bearing fruit. He was able to take and give a hit a little bit better. And really the only piece missing was his confidence. And you could see even in that game, as he grew in confidence, as he grew comfortable on the ball, as he began to attack, he began to find success. Because he is so big, it is hard to it is hard for any defender to deal with him. There's not going to be many defenders that can get going on him if he is attacking aggressive aggressively and confidently. Isaac has slowly put his body together. He has slowly made his made his body capable of taking the NBA hits. Now comes the skill work. Now comes improving the three-point shooting. Now comes knowing when to go, go against closeouts. Now comes running the lanes. Now comes defending at a high level and not just using his athleticism and his, his length to, to beat guys and make up for mistakes. They'll, they'll still be able to do that. This guy has shown a lot of promise already. It, it may not have shown up as much in the box score quite yet. He hasn't had the big scoring outbursts. He's had some nice scoring games, but not the big outburst yet. But he's had indelible moments. The block shots against Atlanta, against John Collins of the Hawks. The big shot against the Celtics early in the season. The big shot against the Raptors in Game 1. In fact, I would even argue in moments during the playoffs, he looked really good. He did the best job of anyone outside of Aaron Gordon on Pascal Siakam. And really the only thing keeping him from defending well was that defender, that offensive players were able to move him around a little bit because of his lack of strength. We quoted it at the top of Tuesday's show with Terrence Ross calling Jonathan Isaac a lion with a giraffe's body. Seems a little far-fetched. But Isaac has that ability to be everywhere at once. 
to be ferocious and aggressive. And now it's just about unlocking it. It may mean nothing. I still, I'm not sure what to make of it. But Isaac's maturity and, and composure talking to the media and just his overall comfort to me struck me. It stood out to me in, in, a, in a media day that's, you know, a lot of rote questions and a lot of canned answers. Isaac's ability to just be at ease with himself in that setting was, was something I took note of. Because if he has that ease with himself on the court, if he feels that at ease when he's playing basketball this year, he could be due for a big season. He could be due for a year in which he makes a big breakthrough and really cements himself as a, as a member of this team's core. It's not yet clear whether the Magic will run more offense for him or whether Isaac's even ready to have more offense run through him or any offense through him. It's not clear to us yet where Isaac actually stands. We haven't seen him play. But it's safe to say that he will be better than he was last year. And it's safe to say that there will be new elements to his game. And if he plays confidently and aggressively as he displays those new elements, Jonathan Isaac is going to feast on this league. I think there is no doubt he has truly grown. Both literally grown and gotten taller. Grown his skills. What I can't wait to see is how much he's grown in confidence and what that Jonathan Isaac looks like. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Saturday's game against the San Antonio Spurs airs at 8.30. It is not on TV in Orlando or San Antonio, so you can check out the game on 96.9 The Game uh, as they are the, the official home of the Orlando Magic on the radio. So give Dennis Newman a listen. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how the Magic do and how the Magic perform, but we will do our best to get as much information to you and, and a recap of that game on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic. The Magic will play the Detroit Pistons on Monday night. That game will be on TV on Fox Sports Florida. They'll be using the Fox Sports Detroit feed. So check you can check. You'll be able to see the Magic for the first time uh, on Monday night. But until then... For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.